Hi, everyone. We're here today with Carly Jurgensen of Carlin Music. And thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you about live music and all of the ways that music can be incorporated into the wedding day, because I think a lot of times people don't realize all of the different scenarios that they can have music. So, well, it's so important. I mean, just imagine a bride walking down the aisle with no music. How awkward would that be? Yes. Oh, totally. And I think most of the time when I hear from couples, the most daunting thing for them to think about is ceremony music. Mm. Like that's just sometimes such a struggle because it's like, you know, if you don't necessarily go to any kind of ceremony or if you're not religious or anything like that, you don't necessarily have that familiarity with very true all of this. So yeah, so I'm excited to pick your brain. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So for the listeners, if you could go ahead and introduce yourself mm-hmm. and tell us who you are, what you do, mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of talk about your story. Absolutely. Well, my name's Carly Jurgensen and Carlin is my formal name, which is why my business is named Carlin Music. And I have been playing the piano since I was eight years old and decided in high school that I wanted to study music. So I went to college. I went to Berkeley College of Music in Boston and studied music for four years. I have a Bachelor of Music degree and my major was songwriting. I love to arrange music and I work both as a pianist and a vocalist. When I was done with college, I moved to New York City. I lived there for three years and worked as a musician and also worked a hundred other jobs just to pay my rent and grew a little bit tired of the grind and also met a boy, a Nebraska boy. So I moved back home. And as I was driving from New York, back to Omaha with all my belongings uh, in the car, wondering what the heck am I going to do in Omaha as a musician? I got a call from Mannheim Steamroller, the Grammy award-winning band that is based in Omaha. And they asked me to play a show with them that would air on national television the next month. And that turned into nine years so far of work with them. And that has been one of the hugest blessings in my musical career. And at the same time, when I moved back, I was in my mid-20s and I knew people who were getting married and they were asking me to provide music for their weddings. And I realized there was this huge need for customized music in the wedding industry. There are a lot of songs that just get played over and over because no one really goes to the work of discovering new music. And there are so many opportunities for couples to have music that has meaning to them. And so I decided that that's what I wanted to do uh, when I wasn't with Mannheim Steamroller. So I play anywhere from um, at minimum 50, max 75 weddings a year in uh, Omaha and a little bit in Iowa as well. And I do travel. I've done a wedding in Greece, which was amazing and um, have traveled a few other places as well. So I love the wedding industry. I think it is sort of a beast of its own nature, as many vendors will tell you. And I think it's um, one of the things I love about it is every time I witness a ceremony, I relive my own, which is really special. Yes. I completely agree with you on that last point. Every time I film a ceremony, I'm always just like, good reminder. Good reminder. So, yes. Awesome. Um, As far as like your musical background, um, you said piano and vocals. Have Mm -hmm. you ever dabbled in other instruments or kind of just focused on the two of those? In high school, I learned to play the guitar 
And um, most recently, I've learned to play the ukulele. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to learn harmonica. I haven't tackled that one, but I one of my dreams is to learn how to play the cello. I so that's next the on the cello. list. Oh my gosh. Strings yes. are so beautiful. They are. And I think the cello itself is just like it's so underrated. Such a beautiful instrument. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit about kind of you said you grew up in Omaha. Um, have you always been in music? Did you ever have any like corporate jobs or anything like that? Or Yes. Yeah, so I was a I've had a lot of jobs. I feel like I've dabbled in just about everything because <laughs> um, music is it's hard to make a living at first. Totally. When I moved to New York, actually, I have a, an uncle who's in the corporate world and he got me an interview at a, a job for a corporate PR company. And I went in and I interviewed and I was in my final interview with them where we were talking about money and details. And I just looked at the woman and I said, I don't think this is for me. And I realized as hard as the road ahead would be as a musician, it's just what the thing that I went to bed thinking about, it was the thing I woke up thinking about, and it's where my heart was. So I I worked as a seamstress in New York. I, gosh, what else did I do? I nannied a ton. And just you you have to in order to pay your bills. Meanwhile, yeah. pay, playing live shows, doing lots of studio sessions and recordings. So all that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So then back in Omaha, has it all just been music for you since moving back here? When I moved back, I got my yoga teaching certificate. So I was teaching yoga and working at Lotus House of Yoga. And I still do that a little bit, but um, I'm to the point where music has – I do that for fun because music is really my bread and butter. I play for churches. Um, I'm trying to think. When I moved back, it was pretty much just yoga and then some nannying too. Awesome. But I've been really lucky. There's a lot of work in Omaha for musicians if you know where to find it. I've made some really great connections with awesome event coordinators, and that has been very um, important to the success of my business. So I think connections have been very beneficial. Yeah, totally. And as far as so that everyone kind of gets a a big picture look at you, you also have two kiddos. I do. And so like what's life look like outside of music? Pure chaos. (laughs) My I have two girls. Uh, My daughter Phoebe is two and a half and my daughter Avon is nine months. Avon has a congenital heart defect. So this past year, um, she had surgery in September. We moved into a new house in October, and then I started tour with Mannheim in November. So the last four or five months have been a total blur. And really, I feel like we're sort of in survival mode, and I just try in every moment to have gratitude for what is good in the moment when things get crazy. But honestly, I'm to the point in my business where a lot of it runs itself. My website's a little bit down right now, but I've had a great website where people can fill out their inquiry forms. And so when by the time they reach me, I know exactly what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And our communication is very um, – there's a lot of precision in you know what they need and what I can offer. Um, so rec- most recently, the way it's looked is um, they do go – my girls do go to daycare a couple of days a week, but there's – many, many days where they go to bed and then I work for four or five hours and don't go to bed till midnight or one o'clock because that's the only time that I have for myself to do my work. 
So I'm working on um, creating more of a routine around our life and our day so that everybody gets what they need. Yes. And that is a challenge. I I bow down to especially single parents. Yes. Oh, 100%. I just don't even know how you do it without help. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. I think running a business, running a business is hard enough in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And then you throw in kids. And especially when they're little and unpredictable schedules. Yeah. And no sleep. (laughs) The worst. (laughs) The worst. One of the many ways that we can relate. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So one thing that I love to ask all of my guests is what are three things that your clients wouldn't know about you? Well, I had dinner with Billy Joel when I was 16. That's oh, super fun fact. Um, I was going to camp at Berkeley College of Music where I later went on to go to college and his daughter, Alexa Ray Joel, happened to be attending the same camp and she roomed a couple doors down from me and we became friends. And one night she said, hey, my dad wants to take a bunch of us to dinner. I was like, great. <laughs> As in Billy Joel. Cool. <laughs> Sign me up. So he took us to a little restaurant called Louise in Boston. That's fabulous. And uh, during dinner, he was drinking lots of red wine and singing Beatles tunes. And then he said, hey, my uh, my friend Don Henley's playing at the Fleet Center. It was called the Fleet Center then. Do you guys want to go catch that show? Well, Don Henley's in the Eagles, which I knew the Eagles, but I didn't know who Don Henley was. So we hop in this van and there were about eight of us and go in the back entrance and meet all the Eagles and just absolutely one of the most memorable nights of my life. That's amazing. That was cool. Um, I would say another thing is if I didn't go into the music world, I would have gone to med school. Really? Yes. And my dad is a doctor and I grew up around the medical field and I'm really fascinated by the human body and how it works. And so I was, I took Latin in high school so that I could eventually go to med school. And then obviously that didn't pan out, but that helps with singing though. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. It's all connected. Yes. And um, sort of to piggyback off of that, one of the reasons why I love um, the medical field so much is because I have Crohn's disease. Okay. So I found that out when I was in high school. Crohn's is um, a digestive condition um, and it forces me to take care of myself in a way that I probably wouldn't if I didn't have to. Yeah, totally. Oh, my goodness. So interesting because you're such like a creative artist side of the brain, you know, with all of the music and everything like that. But also I know with music theory, and I mean, it's such a science too. So I feel like there's It is, but I would say, yeah, mostly creative. The engineering part of it is very scientific. Sure. And um, the audiology component. And I think that it all probably worked out for the best. I don't think I would have survived medical school. My brain really does not uh, handle math and science that well. But yeah. it's just, you know, when you're passionate about something, yes. you figure out a way to make it work. That totally makes sense with the yoga too. And mm-hmm. just like the interest in the human body and how all of it works yes. and everything like it's that. It's all connected. All connected. Yeah. And the yoga has been really cool because I don't have formal vocal training. Okay. So it has taught me about breath work. And has oh, been sure. completely instrumental in allowing me to learn how to use my body as an instrument. Very cool. I want it to be like, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> awesome. One thing I also 
since the content of the podcast and everything is so geared towards brides and grooms and anyone planning a wedding, I think it's always important to let couples know what questions we wish that they were asking us. Mm -hmm. So do you have any kind of topics or things that you feel like um, are either on your, you know, FAQs a lot or that couples aren't necessarily asking you that you feel like are kind of necessary? Well, selfishly, I really love when clients ask me things like, have you seen this movie? It has really great music. And I haven't. So I have to go watch the movie yeah. and, and then discover new artists and new music. I love when clients ask me that. And I love when clients ask me to make recordings. And very few people do. I have yes. had a couple people who, after their wedding, they said, hey, can we have recordings of all the music that you did? And that's a really great opportunity for me. Again, it's sort of a, a selfish thing, but I love have, documenting the music. And obviously, then that's something that I can share with other future clients. And I just think it's something that doesn't occur to people. Totally. Um, so much of the wedding day, if you don't, you know, f photography is one way that you get to relive the day beyond. But music is also really great. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about if you hear the song that you walk down the aisle to, or you can push play and hear the song that you use to light your unity candle. Or So music is so powerful and can transform you back to the place where you first heard it or when you heard it in a special way. So I love when clients ask me to do that. It's work for me and it costs me time and money, sure. but it is one of my most favorite things to do. Yeah, I think that's so special. And I was immediately just going to the video side of things. I mean, I, I record all of the music from mm -hmm. the wedding day. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, I didn't even think about that as like a way to help couples remember mm -hmm. their wedding day. That's awesome. I also wish videographers would ask me to write music for their their couples. I know yes. there's a lot of canned music and yeah. stuff out there, but I think it would be really special if videographers would say, hey, this was an important song in their wedding Heck day. Can yeah. you make an arrangement of it? Or like their first dance song. Which I, we can't use because it's all use. licensed. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I, I can get licensing. And um, when it's an arrangement, you're not paying yep. the high licensing fees. Um, and we're not, if I'm not selling it, then yep. that also, so there's so, a lot of yeah. connection mm, yes. there for videographers, photographers. Yes. I mean, oh, photographers, photographers used to make slideshows. Um, slide I don't yeah. know if people are doing that as much anymore, but there's music is a huge part of the wedding day before, yes. during, and after. I agree. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'll be calling you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So basically like the brunt of what we're going to be talking about is wedding music and everything mm -hmm. like that. So I'm just going to hand it over to you and let's just start talking about, first of all, ways that people can incorporate music mm -hmm. into their wedding day. And then maybe we can get into some specifics based on like genre or maybe even just like how how you work through with couples sure. trying to find their their I don't want to say voice but it almost is like mm -hmm. the sound of their day. Yes, absolutely. I create I call it creating a unique soundtrack for their the soundtrack of the day. The yes. Yep. Perfect. So I ask them questions like do you have a song as a couple? What concerts have you been to? What bands do you like listening to? What styles of music do you like listening to? I ask them, what are your favorite movies? Because oftentimes I know the composers from those movies and film score music is fantastic for weddings. Yes. Um, so instrumental music without words even. 
Um, and then what I love is I've had meetings where the couples have very different tastes and it gives me an opportunity to create mashups. So I love finding ways to put two songs together. And I mean, talk about unique. You cannot find a lot of that out in the world. Yeah. So my goal really is to create customized music. And even if they're a traditional couple who likes the most famous wedding song, Canon and D, I've, I've done a mashup with that. Um, with The Luckiest by Ben Folds. Oh, cool. Or um, Love Song by The Cure. Mm -hmm. And so you can really mix traditional and contemporary when you have a live musician. So I love doing that. Um, That's usually a way that I get couples to kind of dig in deeper and find out what music has some meaning to them. Um. A lot of times they do come in with a song or two that they know they want to incorporate. Um, and my specialty is saying, okay, this song works really great in this place. Mm-hmm. Um, what a lot of couples don't realize is what you're paying a live musician to do during a ceremony is time everything perfectly. Yes. So you, when they come to me and they say, I really like this song, I'll say, well, if you want me to sing it, If it has a great chorus and we can go from the introduction into the chorus, then, you know, timing wise, just factor in this information. So it takes a bride about 40 seconds to walk down an aisle. A typical pop song is like three and a half minutes. Yes. So I'm really looking at the song and saying, what are the most memorable and recognizable components of this song? And making an arrangement that works so that the bride still feels like she's getting that song, but it doesn't go on and on forever and ever. Mm -hmm. And then your wedding party is somewhere around a minute and a half to two minutes, depending on how big your wedding party is. For a couple people, a couple trips down the aisle, you're looking at a minute or so. So my specialty is really being able to look at a song and say, looking at the components of the song, the introduction, the verses, the chorus, sometimes the bridge, and figuring out Where is this song going to work? And then if they're really convinced that they want the entire song done, there Mm -hmm. are places where that can be done as well. And it depends. Are you having a civil service? Are you having a Catholic ceremony? And then I'm I'm really able to say this is where this song is going to either work best and or be allowed. Um, So I know a lot about where – what I can do with a song to get the most out of it. So that's – I think one of my yeah specialties. That's fantastic. I have so much I could say. Good. <laughs> well, let me just say that I do have some tips for couples. Perfect. Okay. One of the things that I always say is it's terrible to be a guest at a wedding ceremony when you can't hear what's going on. Yes. So – what couples don't often think about now, if you're getting married in a church, a synagogue, someplace where there's built in sound system, you're fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're getting married outside or in a museum or some space where there's not built in amplification, you really should think about investing in um, 
sound equipment. Yes. And you should ask your musician about that first and foremost because they may have something or they may have connections. I work a lot with Midwest um, Sound and um, Chris over there. I just email him and I say, this is the layout of the wedding. This is the environment. And he'll say, oh, it's the Jocelyn. The acoustics are terrible. We need (laughs) X amount of speakers and they need to be placed in this space. And so – that's something that's really important. And you don't think of it at the time. You think, oh, my ceremony is only going to be 20 minutes. Not yes. a big deal. But when you're sitting in the back and you can't hear anything that's going on, people are not engaged in your ceremony, which is really an important part yes. of the wedding. The meat. The, the biggest meat. part of the day. Yeah, yep. totally. So I have some great things that I can recommend for clients in terms of amplification. And um, and a lot of times videographers will bring – some sort of microphone to yep. put on the groom and then they'll plug into my sound system. Yep. So vendors work together to make sure couples get everything that they need. That they need, mm-hmm. yep. Um, I will say another thing that I often tell couples, so I do ceremonies, but I also love to do cocktail hour music. Mm. Love, love, love cocktail hour music. And a lot of times people will hire me just to play the piano at cocktail okay. for cocktail hour. But my opinion is that the energy for cocktail hour is high. People are loud. You need the music to match that energy. Sure. Yeah. So my recommendation is if you can afford it, you need at least three musicians to provide music that is energetic and loud yeah. and really gets guests excited about what's to come for the rest of the night. Um, obviously, solo piano music is beautiful. My opinion as a professional is that it's best for the ceremony. Totally. Your cocktail hour just needs to be fun. And if you can't afford live music for cocktail hour, get a DJ or get music on your phone because there's just something about having music in the air. Totally. And I think a lot of times people think cocktail hour and – Everyone just like defaults to elevator music, which then guest here gets – it lowers the energy like you said. And so I think having upbeat music Mm because most of the time people are like, oh, party music is for the reception. Sure. And sometimes even a string quartet is great for a cocktail hour. And I know string quartets who can play contemporary music or pop songs. Mm -hmm. I mean if you want something super, super elegant – then a string quartet is the way to go. Yeah. So it depends on what the vibe is. And if you have, you know, 50 people or less, then a solo piano or a guitarist or something um, solo is perfectly fine. But most of the weddings that I'm doing, there are at least 150 people in the room. Mm -hmm. So, and something else that I would like to mention is that I do contract other players. So even if someone isn't interested in hiring me specifically, I have great um, friends and connections in the musical realm in Omaha. And so I love like putting a trio together for someone saying, here's a great guitarist, bassist and drummer. That would be awesome for your cocktail hour. You know, depends on what people are looking for. Sometimes they don't know. And so we talk about what do you want guests to feel when they walk in? What songs do you like? And that sometimes dictates the instrumentation. Yes. And same with ceremony music. Totally. They'll say, we don't know if we want a violin or a cello to play with you. And I'll say, well, let's talk about what songs you like. And then I can say, oh, cello's really going to bring that song to life. Mm-hmm. Or violin, you just get so much bang for your buck because violin can play. It's, violin is so versatile. Yes. Oh, totally. Yeah. Whereas opposed to hiring a trumpet player, you really don't want trumpet on every single song. <laughs> for yes. your ceremony. Yes. It's great. 
for the bride walking down the aisle and both of you walking back. Exactly. But otherwise, it kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a different vibe. <laughs> Completely. Yep. Oh, my goodness. That's so fun. Okay. So um, as far as for you personally and professionally, if you're thinking about ceremony music mm-hmm. and it's in a non-religious environment, mm-hmm. where do you suggest couples look for inspiration? Their iTunes catalog. Okay. Or again, I'll say, what movies do you like? Because you you sometimes don't even think about that movie has a great theme song or a really great composer. Mm-hmm. I also ask them sometimes. I, well, I do have a music list that kind of uh, is a spark. place to start. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'll say, ask your parents what their wedding song was or what songs have special meaning to your family. And a lot of times they'll say, oh, we have to do this song because we did it at my grandma's funeral. Or, sure. This song is something – we do at every wedding in our family. And so the wheels start turning as soon as we start to talk about it. Okay. So really just looking right in front of them. Music is a very prevalent part of people's lives, even if you don't know it. Yeah. Um, the TV shows that you watch, the movies, I said, um, what you listen to, you know, on the radio, which station, that can tell me a lot too. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Okay. And I would say that a lot of times – Another area that I I feel like I am experienced in is saying – I don't say this very often, but yeah, that song's not going to be great for a solo <laughs> piano at a wedding. You know, sure. like something like Incubus or Red Hot Chili Peppers, which I have had requests for. Yeah. They're very guitar-driven and the melodies are not easy to – they don't easily translate to piano. To piano. Sure. Um, Dave Matthews is another one. It's tough because it's just so guitar driven. And so that's why film score music is so great because it's so melodic. And when you're taking away all the instruments, what you're left with is a melody. Mm -hmm. And if the melody is not memorable, then it's hard to have people recognize it or, um, it's hard sometimes for me to make it seem appropriate in the situation. Sure. That also happens a lot with lyrical content. Mm, so yeah. couples will say, we really want this song sung. And sometimes I have to say, go Google those lyrics and read them out loud. And if you don't feel awkward saying them out loud, then absolutely that's a great song for me to sing because really I'm slowing it down and the lyrics become really, really important, prevalent. Yeah. That's another sort of tip for couples. If you want something sung, make sure that the lyrics feel comfortable and not awkward when they're really stripped down. Totally. Yep. I think that's probably one of the most important (laughs) tips I have ever heard on music Mm -hmm. because there are some times where, you know, someone gets halfway down the aisle and you're like, did they realize what these lyrics were saying? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. And sometimes I'll change a word sure. or sing a different verse because I don't want to be singing something awkwardly either. Yep. But again, if it has meaning to the couple, then I really want to work it in. Yep. And sometimes I'll just say, this is a great song, but it will be better if I don't sing it. Yep. So, yeah, there's a lot, just a lot of customization and it depends. Totally. Totally. Okay. So now moving into religious ceremonies, let's just go with Catholic for the most part. Mm-hmm. Where do you see couples running into first roadblocks and then where would you 
recommend them look to for inspiration. Yeah. Catholic weddings are really a beast of their own totally. nature. Yeah. And definitely a specialty of mine. Um, I would say one of the most important things is to respect the people that you are working with at the church. I come in basically as a freelancer. And so I really have to be respectful of what the needs and wishes are of the particular church. And Mm -hmm. I will tell you, I don't even know how many parishes there are in Omaha, but every single priest has different rules. You would think that it would be, oh, it's a Catholic church. Here are the rules. But literally every single church and priest has a different rule about what can be played and sung. So what I try to do is first encourage couples, if they have to work with a liturgist at the church, do that before we get too deep into our conversation about music, find out what their rules and expectations are. Let's respect them. And usually couples are pretty good about that. There's sometimes the song that they really, really want. And so but they're not allowed to have it in the actual ceremony. So Mm -hmm. we're doing a lot of um, vocal prelude songs. Like I can sing that right before your parents and grandparents come down the aisle. It's still, you know, a great way to quiet your guests and a part of the ceremony, Mm -hmm. but it's not happening during communion or a more sacred part of the service. Yeah. Um, So for the most part, I know what all the priest's expectations are. And so someone will come to me and say, you know, I always ask them who's presiding and I know who the liturgist is at the church and I'll say, here's what we have to work with. And I think most times people are pretty okay with it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, because, you know, your prelude music can be just about anything you want. Sure. Um, Usually if there's a unity candle, um, then that is a good place to, and then honestly, I I'm on the side of my clients. So like I did a re- wedding recently where we did the Canon and D love song yeah. by The Cure. So a pop song and Canon and D mixed together is what they really wanted for the wedding party walking down the aisle. I said, let's just write on the list Canon and D. Yes. I'll do the mashup. Yes. But nobody at the church needs to know. I And I am probably – I shouldn't say that out loud. But <laughs> I'm always trying to – to do what my clients want yep. and f- to find a way. Because my opinion is, so Canon and D, that very popular wedding song, is not a liturgical piece of music. No. Oh, yeah, It's no. played in every movie. Because yes. one time a liturgist said to me, well, we can't have songs from movies. And I'm like, well, Canon and D is played in absolutely every single movie that has a wedding. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that it's important for people to have the music that they want mm-hmm. and if it's now there are certain songs like um the here comes the bride song the composer right. was vocal about being an anti-semite so clearly not something that's welcome yeah in the church and so his music um, here comes the bride specific specifically is traditionally not allowed in a Catholic church. And I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely something that I respect. So just, it is so different from church to church and I've been doing it long enough that, um, I can go into it saying, yeah, this is, this priest doesn't care. We can do anything and I'll make it respectful. It'll be pretty with the piano and, and then there just are some, it's like, we just aren't going to be able to do that. Yep. So. so let's find another place mm-hmm. for those songs. Yes. 
Totally. Yeah. And a lot of times we fill up their ceremony with other really great stuff and they they don't miss whatever it was that they can't have or they decide they want it for cocktail hour or the reception. Another thing I really love to do is if a couple does have a song that they is special to the two of them. I will do it in an instrumental version somewhere in the ceremony so that by the time guests hear it as their first dance song at the reception, everyone feels like it's familiar, whether or not they've heard it before. There's and so it creates this thread from ceremony music to reception music. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I I think music is just a like we've said so important, but yeah, I think just communication about everything is probably the way to, you know, avoid the most disappointments and just knowing exactly communicating what you're getting into mm-hmm. and being respectful and everything Absolutely. like that. Because the thing is, if you really want to do whatever you want, mm-hmm. you you can't get married in a Catholic church. There are <laughs> rules and regulations and you have to respect that. I don't think it happens too often that because they can't have the music they want, they decide not to get married in the church. Um, But the same is true of synagogues. I've done Jewish weddings and um, they have their own set of rules about what is acceptable. Yep. And we have to adhere to those. Yeah, totally. Cool. Cool, cool. Well, I'm so glad that you were here to talk about music. This has been so interesting and just such a new topic that I think people will really benefit from listening about. So so. tell everyone where they can find you on the webs. Yes. Social media, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Carlinmusic.com. K-A-R-L-Y-N music.com. I'm on Instagram, Carlin Music. I have a Facebook page, also Carlin Music. That's pretty much where I am online. Uh, my email is carly at carlinmusic.com. So just drop the N, K-A-R-L-Y. And I love hearing from past clients. If you are listening and you're a past client, it's not too late to ask me for some recordings. Yes. That's what my uh, my winter projects are, uh, getting my home studio up and running and getting some recordings going. Um, If you have ideas about mashups, if you're a a vendor and you have feedback for me as a ceremony and cocktail hour musician, please send that my way. Um, I think that's it. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Thanks for being here. Yeah, this was fun. Bye.